Good afternoon, morning, night, whenever you're listening to this podcast. This is the Maroon Madness Podcast. My name is Morgan, and I am here with Tyler. We're on week five, and I feel like we're going to keep getting more and more optimistic about this team. Me and Tyler started one podcast saying, why did we start this podcast? And I feel like this team has really kicked it off and shown why we have started this podcast and why we're going to enjoy this podcast the rest of the year. Tyler, thoughts about just your optimism? Um, I mean, I'm not going to say anything too, too quick. I feel like you're setting me up for, for disaster. Um, but, uh, I mean, definitely this team has seemed to have taken a, a bit of a turn. Um, I think one of the signs of that was, I think on, on Sunday during this, uh, Rhode Island game, of course, we'll get to it more. Um, it was, I, I think we had an 11 point or so lead with maybe, seven or ten minutes left i can't remember exactly when i sent you the message but i just said like please keep this keep the foot on the pedal make sure that we you know do not turn this into one of those classic uh just dominate all game party at cougars yeah and then next thing you know you look up and there's two minutes three minutes left and it's a it's a one or two possession game and you're like oh crap how did this happen uh and i think uh i did that and then you know you blink and we're at by 20 uh, which was really nice um and so uh, it was a final line like 15 points or something like that so it was it was really nice to to completely you know start to finish take care of business um i know it was you know there was a couple times where they like get close but you know down the back stretch when it was most important uh they they kept the foot on the pedal uh so that definitely let a lot of optimism in about this team uh and, and like that corner that we've said so many times that they're able to take it is nice to see that happen. No, definitely. I agree with that. And I, and I agree. Are we setting ourselves up for some letdown if we get into conference play? But we'll get there when we get there. But normally we start this off and we'll start off with some basketball. But I felt like there's a big, um, there's going to be a big missing hole in college of Charleston basketball for the next couple weeks, months, as our director of marketing, Jessica, we found out last week right before the pod that um, she was stepping away from the college. Um, if many people, like I said, they don't know our backgrounds and we'll get to keep telling our backgrounds, maybe going into the off season next year. But if it wasn't for Jessica, this podcast wouldn't happen. Um, me and Tyler met because of Jessica, because of summer internships. Um, Tyler had to follow me around in a sweaty clod suit a couple times and, if there's anybody that can let you know that that's not an easy task, um, I don't make it easy on you when you're an intern and you have to follow me around in the Clyde suit. I torture you, and I have a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, Jessica, personally for me, was she was a boss. She was a mentor. She's a good friend, um, but she's also been there for me in times that they were the lowest of the lows in my life, and. The college definitely is losing a great one. The GOAT, as many people would say, and I definitely, I wish her um, good. You know what I mean? Just, I'm proud. I'm proud of her. I hope she enjoys this next chapter in her career and her life. And I hope she enjoys all those times that she didn't get to enjoy when she had to work 80, 90 hours a week for College of Charleston, um, putting the this 
awesome product that we've always seen the last 10 to 12 years from her on the court. Yeah, definitely sad to see her leaving the program. Uh, you know, I know you got to work with her a lot more than I did since uh, I was kind of a, a, a secondary cougar in a way because, uh, uh, you know, I was a student at Carolina and, and did a lot of interning at Carolina as well. But it was always great coming back home over the summers. Uh, and, and Jess always kept the door open, you know, if it was uh, the Charleston Classic, uh, she helped us uh, get hooked up with the uh, with the CA tournament, which was, you know, great experience to be able to work um, that uh, the couple of years it was in Charleston, um, other basketball games, baseball games, uh, conference tournament and baseball um, and uh, a lot of good memories of that as well uh, and that, that year. Um, it was a monsoon, uh, the conference tournament, uh, tropical storm. Yeah. Uh, there's, there, you know, there, there's, there's a plethora of stories just, uh, in general that could be told about that entire week, but, um, that was probably the most fun things that I've ever done work-wise. Um, but yeah, just tons of great experiences thing to her. And, and like you said, wish you the best of luck, but, um, you know, it's definitely big shoes to fill, uh, without a doubt. Definitely. And like PK said on the broadcast, <laughs> And we know Jessica doesn't like to be in the limelight. And PK called her out. She was trying to avoid him. You could kind of tell in the background and pulled him onto the broadcast and gave her a big thank you. And Jess, all I can say is thank you also. And we love you. And we know you're a cougar through and through. And we know you're always going to be chewing, cheering on those cougs. And now you can openly do that. And you don't have to be so quiet at the at the um, scores table 24-7. <laughs> But with that, we can go to her final game. And I think the Cougs definitely finished it off with a kaboom. And, you know what I mean? She got to leave TD Arena with some positive feelings. Our Cougars win um, 85-70 to 70 running away um, against an Atlantic 10 team. Like I said, going into this game, Tyler, I felt like this is a team that hadn't been on the road much this year. And I felt like this was a game that called for Charleston. If they wanted to, we could take advantage and we could run away with this game. And we definitely did. Um, the first half, we weren't the strongest. Um, there were some times that Rhode Island controlled the pace of the game. And I think they definitely out-rebounded us in the first half on the offensive and defensive glass, Coach pointed out. But we came out that second half and um, – Coach pointed out we grabbed 66% of our misses in that second half, whether it be offensive and defensive rebounds. And he always points out in any time that this, a big stat points out like that in the second half, he, um, you know, I mean, the best teams in the country only grab 33, 34% of that. So if you're grabbing 66% of that in the second half, you're going to have a good half, no doubt about that. Yeah, and like you said, it, it really was. I think, I think talking about optimism, open this thing up. I think this was probably the most optimistic preview that we had last week uh, to date. Just breaking down what we had to come and how we can match up against all these things and all these guys. But you know, it really was great to see it all come down um, on paper. You know, they they have some balance scoring. You know, nobody really went off for Rhode Island. Um, I know they scored 70, which is a good amount of points, you know, a decent amount of points to, to score. But, um, you know, when you're scoring 85 points, there's not going to be a lot of people that are going to keep up with that club uh, in college basketball, uh, especially on the road. Um, and it, it really was just one of those complete team wins. Uh, I think it was almost exactly how we could have written it up. And 
Um, you know, that's just something that you want to really see in these non-conference games when you get to get a little taste of how some other teams are, um, some teams that you're not going to see every year, some different styles and whatnot. It is, um, it's just, it's really good to see that all come together. And, and it's something that, I, you know, we knew could happen, but for a little spell here, you know, two or three weeks ago, four weeks ago, it was a little gloomy for something like this to happen. So um, it's just really good seeing Burnham go off. You know, I always enjoy seeing him being an opportunity um, you know, one of those guys to look for, um, you know, Crawford's really about number 40, Ben Burnham, number 40, number 40. <laughs> yeah. Know. I'm not sure if I can the rip Jersey, the, oh, the, the rip jersey? jersey, no context basketball. Ben Burnham had to come out. I guess there's somebody tweeted that Ted Valentine, I guess the Jersey was four or five sizes too small for Benny. Ted Valentine even looked at um, Benny and gave him like the Hulk smash, and Benny gave him a little um, flex back, That's making fun funny. of how small the jersey was. That's funny. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, um, just in total, I mean, this has just been it really coming around. Like I said, Crawford has been coming into his own. Um, you know, it was good to know that we still have uh, Smith as an available guy. Um, he came off the bench. And just looking at it, I mean, not everyone really scored. You know, and just being able to open up the bench in a non-conference game against a quality conference. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think there's anybody that didn't get into this game, which is really nice. So, um, you know, it, it's it's good to have that under our belt, uh, especially as we're uh, inching closer to conference play, which, of course, is the most important part of the season um, for us uh, as a mid-major uh, that's when you want to start coming around. We've said it before. We're going to say it a hundred times again. Uh, you know, we want to get into, into shape uh, to to get the best seating for the conference tournament. And then, like I said before, those three games that are really the most important out of anything. Um, hopefully, three games that are most important out of anything for uh, to get back to the dance. So, um, anything else that you really saw in this one that really stuck out to you? You pointed it out, and Danny even mentioned it on the broadcast. Um, the only thing that you could really complain about this game is free throw shooting. Everything else was balanced. Other than Benny going off for 23, you have a well-balanced boss score. Like, and you're talking about the whole boss score. You don't have anybody grabbing 10, 15 rebounds and then somebody grabbing, you know what I mean, scoring 40, 50 points. You, everybody's grabbing five, four, five, four. Like, you look down the, the, the boss score, and it's literally like just – all the Cougars were aggressive, um, you know, and we can't, we keep going off at this point, and this player's growing and growing on me, and I was, I'm going to be honest, I was one of his biggest critics going into the year. C.J. Fulton, how about this? List stat line, six points, six steals, five assists, two rebounds, and the biggest point of this whole box score, zero turnovers. And serious I, fouls. I, I, Exactly. To be able to control a game like that and be able to be a point guard in a high Division One level, um, like I said, we thought, and to be honest, we were, we were two of his biggest critics. And I feel like he, he still doesn't have that elite quickness, but he's definitely showing an elite um, awareness on the court and elite passing game. There's some of the um, some of the passing lanes that he finds I'm just my mind's blown. It, it, you know what I mean. He's a he's definitely a pass first point guard, but he's also a point guard that his basketball IQ is there. And maybe it's just one of those things that this team took slower to come together than these past, than last year's team. But 
if we're going to have CJ and Kobe Rogers and um, Jordan Crawford being the three guards that lead this team, um, this is going to be a fun year. And I think all three of them can come back next year. And wow, is all I can say is we got some. Uh, let's buckle up and let's let's ride this roller coaster because I'm gonna enjoy it. Yeah, and you know you made a comment about you know point scoring for him and and he he's he's starting to put up some some more totals. Uh, nothing like you know real eye opening, but something you know very respectable numbers in terms of points being scored. But there is a lot more you know parts to the point guard position than just point scoring. And like you pointed out, the six steal. Sorry, the uh, um, the, the the five assists with no turnovers. Um, he is getting some steals. He's moving around. He's playing on both ends. Um, you know, getting rebounds um, when he can. I mean, he's it's it's maybe not something necessarily that you want to see out of a starter per se. Uh, they it might be pretty good bench numbers, um, but you know, it's it's clearly working. You know, I think there's also more of a presence that he's probably making outside of just what is showing up on the stat book, um, and you know, in the minutes are showing for it. And, you know, you know, Coach Kelsey, like we said before, we're not exiting those guys. Clearly, they're seeing things, you know, way beyond anything that we can imagine. Uh, and, and it really is starting to, to really come together for all these guys, uh, which, like I said, perfect time for it to happen. And, Tyler, I know I haven't mentioned it yet, but are you kind of um, happy how this team's starting to play more inside out with 67 shots on the game and only 23 of them behind the arc and 10 of them? made so you're, you're shooting 50 percent from the field 43 percent from the arc i know rhode island's um board was digging into our stats and i felt like i feel like our stats were um they're not showing the true story of this team and what this team has become these last couple games down the stretch i feel like i think our three-point shooting for a team is over 30 percent now maybe or like getting close to it um pulling it up three percentage we're we're actually at 30 percent now so you know i mean this team's finally starting to um form into what they're going to be yeah i mean i can't really applaud a a 53 percent night from the from the stripe uh from the free throw line but um you know you're right i mean these these totals i'll take 50 percent uh from the field and 43 percent from um from three any any day of the week uh, it definitely is. I think there's some some performances in our first four or five games that are definitely bringing any average that you're looking at now down. Uh, but uh, I, I do very much like uh, having a bit more of an inside-out game. Uh, I do think that that is, I think just in general, that's going to be more successful brand of basketball. Uh, I, I think it's you know kind of like in football, you got to have a running game, have a passing game, you got to have a passing game, have a running game. Um, I think even more so in basketball, you have to have an interior presence. We would have an exterior presence. Uh, if you're able to get the ball inside, score points, you're going to get a lot more open shots from three. And I know this team likes to shoot threes. There's no surprise in that. Um, and as many um, of these threes that we can get to be open threes where they're able to get the ball, plant their feet, put the ball up, you're going to start seeing more and more nights where they're shooting 43%. Uh, and if you can shoot 43%, I'm not going to really talk about how many threes you're taking uh, because you're making a lot of threes and you're scoring a lot of points, um, which is always, always a equation for success. So uh, definitely, definitely no complaints there uh, for the for the shooting totals and numbers on this, except for the three throw line, or free throw line. You know, it could have been a, could have been a much bigger win. Just saying. <laughs> if we do want to talk about threes, we want to talk about how Rain Smith came off that nasty ankle injury and came out. 
and he was Rain Smith. <laughs> I, maybe the 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 more of a week layoff helped Rain be able to yeah. come back and be healthy. Like you said, he did come off the bench, so maybe that was Toach being a little bit precautious when it yeah. comes to Rain. But I felt he did like, the same thing first game of the I, season with Ante. I know Ante had some rumors of having a bum foot. Uh, it out of the uh, the secret scrimmage or whatnot, or whatever you want to call it, and uh, and I know he wasn't in the starting lineup, uh, which would have been a surprise probably to anybody who wasn't you know in, in seeing those reports. Um, but uh, they did the same thing. But he ended up getting a lot of minutes, and I mean Smith still got 19 minutes, played almost half the game, um, which is uh, which is always good to see. Definitely, and um, let's go into what we would um, do. We call this a robbery, or we just call this cross town meet up where the Citadel comes over to the six and um takes on the College of Charleston Cougars in our city. Yeah, um, this really on the game? this really feels like back when like a five A team would play a two A team in Sertoma. Um, you know, you're in the same town but you're not in the same tax bracket <laughs> by any means at all. Um, you know, this is one uh, you know, it's definitely easy to make jokes about, uh, especially with us coming off of our NCAA tournament um, you know, we've made more NCAA tournaments in the last year than the Citadel has made ever, which is a very interesting stat to take a look We've at. made more NCAA tournaments than they've ever, than they won in football games this year. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. You know, it, uh, it's tough to go 0-11 uh, when your crosstown rival uh, is making NCAA tournaments and is, uh, and is undefeated in football still. So it's just a tough look all around for the Bulldogs. So... You say undefeated in football. There's one joke that Jess never let you make, Tyler, in the office. And I'm not going to let you make that one on the um, podcast because she would hate you for that one. You have to tell me off the air. I'm, I'm kind of struggling to know what you're talking about. I know I wasn't allowed to cheer for Carolina or wear anything Carolina. That was a big no-no. But um... Well, in the 20s, we did have a football team. And Jess would make sure you remembered that. No, we, uh, we just completely disregard that because it ruins the joke. <laughs> and a good joke doesn't, uh, uh, doesn't deserve to be ruined. So we might not see eye to eye on that one um, as a proud owner of a still undefeated T-shirt. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, well, let's, let's get into this game a little bit. Um, you know, I know that we have talked about, um, we've talked about, uh, you know, the rivalry or, or, you know, the lack thereof or whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't know the last time we have lost to the Citadel. I'm sure if we really look it up, it might not be as recent or, or as uh, as far away as it would seem. Uh, probably at some point. It's uh, probably the, it's probably one of the SoCon years, which uh, you're still talking ten yeah, plus years. It's been a while. It really has. Um, I, I I know there's been some years since we left the SoCon that we haven't played because they were scared. Um, and uh, um, you know, it's definitely something. Uh, give it up to Coach Conroy. Um, Conroy. Uh, you know, as soon as he got back on on the bench there, he immediately made sure this was on the schedule. Um, and, and I definitely have a ton of respect for him. I know that that was uh, always some good games. It was probably the last time that they were really competitive against us was the last time that Conroy was uh, was there on the other side of town. And um, it, it really is good to see that th- this needs to be a game that we play every year. I know he's playing CSU every single year. You know, that's a game I like to see back on our schedule more often, you know, have a nice little, uh, um, round Robin kind of thing going on with the schools that are right here in the city, uh, especially with how much that we like to claim our city. We might as well show it for sure on the court. Um, but yeah, mad respect to, to Conwell for going in there. Um, you know, this is going to be something that's going to be on the docket. I, I think as long as the two coaches that are there right now are, are in their positions, 
you know, I don't see this game really leaving. Um, but as long as the two coaches, like I said, I'll respect Conroy, but I don't see, you know, it being, you know, much different in terms of what we are expecting out of it, which is going to be a heavily, heavily favored Charleston win. Um, I, I think just uh, up and down the court, we have we have more talent. Uh, we, we've just got better everything. Uh, and I, I know this team, you know, had a really, really tight game against uh, Earl Grant's Boston College team earlier on in the season. I know they've had some crazy wins. Um, what, what game was it a couple weeks ago that they kind of went viral for because they, like, basically, I mean, the, the very definition of, of stealing victory from the jaws of defeat um, I, I can't remember the exact specifics, but it was like they got fouled with like 0.2 seconds left and went to the stripe and, and won the game on the line. It was just the most ridiculous thing. Um, but I, I still think with all that being said, there's there's not going to be a lot to bring to the table um, for this game. And, and it should be a pretty, pretty easy route. No doubt. And I know that they've brought in some good transfers, some high major transfers. And we've seen that in the Citadel. They'll have, they have a lot of good master's programs and they do bring a lot of good players in, in that way. You know, I mean, you got a graduate student for PC, Presbyterian, you got a graduate student, Elijah Morgan. We've heard that name in the ACC for the last couple of years from Notre Dame. Like they're going to have those leaders on the team, but looking at this team, it's, full of freshmen and sophomores, freshmen and sophomores, freshmen and sophomores, you know what I mean? And then you have uh, um, a Vanderbilt transfer um, transfer that's um, going in your um, front court. But I definitely feel like this is a game, and this was last year, the game that um, Ante um, came out, and he, it, it was his wake-up game. I feel like this needs to be one of those games. Um we haven't seen much from Monte this year. Maybe that ankle is bothering. Maybe it's going back to the Dalton bowling, not bowling him every day in practice. I don't know. I need to see a game from Monte where I want to see him go off for 20. He needs to finish around the rim. He needs to get down and dirty. and He needs to um, prove why he's one of the better players and better big mans in the league of the CAA before we get to CAA league play. And I want to see him gain that confidence going into league play. Yeah, definitely. He is a guy that I would, you know, I think very easily should have a big game here. Um, you know, I, I, we've been, especially with us having a bit more of an interior presence. Um, and he's a guy that I think could really take advantage of that because he is somebody that, you know, can be the very definition of establishing an inside presence, but still being able to sit there, get yourself anchored and hit a three. Um, I think that's one of the you know, reasons why I think he's been come to love because he, he is very good around the basket and then he, you know, is able to knock down an exterior shot. And I think that's always been, you know, somebody that, that we love here. Um, or really just anywhere, to be completely honest. Um, but, but yeah, um, you know, it would be nice to see him have that little confidence boost game to come in uh, to the conference play and, and be able to kind of carry that for the rest of the second half. What about that and... I don't know. I um, I was joking around on the Discord before this. I know we're not playing at the Citadel, but like you said, this crosstown rivalry is one of those things that you want to see grow. And like you said, I I would like to see a, a, a kind of round robin with us and CSU. That would be um, that would be good for our schedule. But I I don't know. Um, ESPN has us right now as an eighty-one percent chance to win. Um, I mean. 
tickets are out there for you to grab some tickets to the student section. So um, go out there, cheer on the Cougs. Um, this game starts at 7 o'clock. Get out there, fill TD Arena the 6, and let's just have some fun. Let's um, cheer our Cougs on to another win, and let's push toward finishing um, conference playoff with just win after win after win at home. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, um, it is a good little spot to get out there on a Thursday night, kind of an unofficial start to the weekend. Um, but it would be nice to close these out with, uh, with, with five straight wins, um, five for the last, or, um, yeah, five straight going, going six of the last seven, um, even better than that, really, um, going into it. It, uh, definitely, definitely picking up steam for this team, but, um, you know, I think we've talked enough about this, uh, the Citadel matchup. We we're going to have a rematch, uh, a very, very rare non-conference play rematch happening uh on uh the following monday uh we're going to go ahead and kind of preview this coastal carolina game just because uh we're going to be you know it's we don't record on a monday night or tuesday night so uh we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and get this one in here uh and and probably get you something a little recap and a, and a preview for the remainder of non-conference play the week after um but yeah uh going back seeing a team for the second time uh, a team that is is going forward with the coaching change um, you know, we, we're talking about how we have been a different team since the first couple of games of the season. Well, well, Coastal is going to be very different uh, than when we saw them up there at their place. Um, and uh, and that was a game that Morgan was really saying was kind of the start of um, of kind of the turning point. I wasn't quite convinced yet, but it definitely seems like um, that there was a little bit of uh, the fires kind of stoked in this one uh, to seeing kind of this team turn around to where we are, we are now. Um, you know, we, we were able to put 80 points. We, we won that game by eight points, 80 to 72 up there in, in, um, in Conway. And, um, and you started to kind of get a couple of guys, you know, we had, we had three guys in double figures up there, you know, Bercevic, uh, Pulisili and Smith, you know, going off. Um, I think that was a game what Smith had six, seven, three, something like that. So, yeah, they just started raining them down. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, it's it's going to be naive and ignorant and ignorant to think that we're going to sit there and do the same exact thing. Um, personally, I do think this is going to be a, a better showing, uh, just because I do think that you know, number one, we're going to have the team at home versus on the road. You know, I don't think there was really necessarily a, a big road factor. Um, I actually got the ESPN thing pulled up now. They had a third of their gym full. They had they had eleven hundred people there, and and I'm sure there was a lot of maroon in that crowd, but. Um, not that it was a big road experience, but I do think that, you know, being at home, um, you know, the, the crowd, obviously we're going to have a couple thousand, three, 4,000, at least Cougar fans in there going crazy. Um, and like I said, this team is just, they're shooting better. Uh, they're playing together as a, as a whole team. Um, you know, things like we were talking about earlier with Fulton are, are there just things that aren't really recorded on a stat sheet that are coming out with play, like with him and how he's able to start kind of taking over his role. Um, other players as well. It, I really would imagine this to be just like the Citadel, kind of a, a bit of a steamroll win in a way. The only thing that worries me about this game, and it, it's going to worry me anytime we play somebody that has a true big man in the in the middle, John, John, I don't even know how to say his Otoko. He's he's still averaging thirteen points a game, ten rebounds a game. You know what I mean? He's he gives us problems every time we play this kid. He um. He loves when he sees Charleston on the chest of another player. And once again, this is another time we need to see 
another Ante um, game, and we need to see Ante start to grind those grills. Um, and we see Frankie also led the league last year in um, rebounds. And he's starting to get back down to what he is and that type of player. But I feel like, you know what I mean, until this guy's gone from Coastal, I feel like he always has a chance to change the game and always make this a tough game on us. And so you never know. I mean, this could be a game that we could go one way or another. But like I said, we are starting to roll, and I feel like this is just going to be in maybe us seeing Coastal on a, a jersey again makes us think about that Myrtle Beach tournament, and we don't want to go back to those days, no, and we don't want to go back no. to let's you know I mean let's not regress and go back to that because then you know I mean like we're talking about at the beginning of the episode we're having that um, fall off and let's not have that let's keep building off of where we're at um, we've won one in a row so let's change that one into two against the Citadel three against Coastal and you know what I mean we still have chance that we can win twenty in a row this year again so you know what I mean it's just another building block. Um, let's, let's keep, let's just keep it rolling. Um, you know I mean? Like I said, they're going to be a different team than what we saw. You know I mean? They're going to be playing with a different philosophy. They're going to be playing with a different game plan. So it's definitely not the same team that we saw on the court last time. And I mean, that could make this game tough on us and it could make it, um, you know, it also could help us, you know, we're going to see this in conference play. We're going to see teams twice so maybe this gives the coaches a um a way of preparing of how to take an, one game plan and change it for good through another game plan going on later in the year and that's definitely one thing that Danny pointed out during a broadcast this past weekend that, that there's one thing that this coaching staff is really good at it's adapting and it's changing on the fly and this is going to be one of those games that I feel like they're going to have to change on the fly because it's not going to be what we're used to. And it's going to it. you know I mean? You're going to be tipping off an hour earlier at 6 o'clock compared to 7 o'clock like we normally do on a um, weekday night. And like I pointed out to the, the, um, Tyler before we started recording this episode, they just played on December 9th against Wofford Loss at home. They don't play again until they play us on the 18th. So just co- Coastal getting that extra rest, extra prep time to go against us, does that help them out? So I guess, and even ESPN is giving us more of a chance to win in this game as they are than they are the Citadel game. So I guess, um, like I said, I have a feeling we're going to be favored in pretty much every game going forward until conference play, especially playing at the six, um, even with a, a tough St. Joe's team coming in. I feel like this team's definitely catching the roll, and we're just going to keep on rolling into the conference play. Yeah, for sure. And I know you were talking about, you know, getting some rest. Uh, you know, there definitely is a, a rest versus rust, a rest versus rust argument. Um, it is definitely a big layoff, um, you know, nine days. And, you know, I, I think with the kind of team that we're looking at here, I th- now, granted, I know if you're having some coaching changes, it might be good to have these guys in the gym, kind of off the court, you know, really kind of reacclimating, uh, getting used to a new way of life. Um, so there is always that, but I, I really just think that, you know, these guys, um, I think our guys are getting more confident, and it's going to be a situation that I think will end up being pretty favorable for us uh, here in a couple nights 
um, against Coastal. So definitely look forward to seeing how they go. Um, but yeah, that uh, that is kind of I think wrapping up. Unless you've got anything else to add on on either of uh, these three games, either past or or in the future. Um, I think that kind of wraps everything up for tonight, uh, which is uh, which is pretty pretty fun. I think, uh, like you said, definitely a bit more optimistic, uh, cautiously optimistic. Uh, definitely a lot looming on the horizon, but um, good to see you know a bit more favorable basketball returning to these guys and to the Cougars. No doubt about that. And like you were talking about, some program notes going forward. We're gonna um, we'll definitely give you one more episode before Christmas. We'll give you a St. Joseph preview. Um, that's going to be a good battle for this College of Charleston Cougar team. It's definitely going to be our last big team that we're going to play against before conference play. And then we have one more we game after that, after Christmas, no doubt. And then we have one more game before after Christmas before we go into conference play. And then it's conference play. So conference uh, non-conference play is rolling up. We had 13 games this year. Um, we're looking at nine and four being a good possibility. And, you know, I mean, if you would have told me nine and four was a good possibility with this roster and with this team, I, at the beginning of the year, maybe I would have been disappointed, but now looking at this team, I feel like nine and four was, that's a hell of a, um, that's a hell of a non-con, um, schedule that we played and, um, fought against. So, like I said, we're going to give you one more episode before Christmas, and then we'll have a little bit of a break, and then we're going to give you a um, conference preview with a special guest. Like I said, I'm going to let you keep thinking who that special guest is going to be. Um, and then we're going to get straight into conference play and then straight into back-to-back road games to start conference play with Hofstra and Stony Brook. So definitely it's going to be rough to start conference play, but I feel like our guys are ready are getting ready for it. And I feel like we're ready for it as the fans. what do you think, Tyler? Yeah, you know, definitely we'll start looking too far ahead, but uh, like we've mentioned, it's uh, definitely rounding out pretty nicely and, and looking forward to getting to it. And, uh, but can I take it one game at a time or two games at a time in this set case, since we're, you know, we're breaking down a full week ahead. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. And, uh, yeah, definitely the way things are trending for sure. And that's definitely been another week of, Maroon Madness Basketball Podcast. I feel like the madness is starting to kick in, and we're fully we're in golf now. You know, what I mean, it's basketball time. Tyler doesn't have college football to cheer for anymore with That's Carolina not making a bowl game. So not necessary, but I, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> he he can um he can be fully engulfed in this college basketball um landscape and cheer on the Cougars and. You know what I mean? We got some yeah. robbery games coming up. We got some hate weeks very soon, and um, you know what I mean. Let's um, let's just have some fun with the rest of this year, and we'll roll on with that and with the big old R city, and let's go Cougs. Go Cougs.